0: Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA.
1: Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA breakdown, LA Hoops, thunderous applause, and the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman. Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and the Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host Jason Sunkel featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by the Hoopheads Podcast Network and hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, as always. Today I'm coming at you solo again, but we have plenty of games to cover and a pretty big trade as well that I think is worth mentioning uh, from around the league. Obviously, no trade from the Bucks, but a trade with um, plenty of implications for specifically the Milwaukee Bucks, and, well, really all the other teams, especially in our tier of competitiveness around the league. So, yeah, a lot has unfolded since I last recorded with Bryce Simon of uh, the Detroit Pistons Hoop Heads podcast, uh, Motor City Hoops. And, um, also, before that, if you haven't listened to uh, this past episode before the one I'm recording, I also, um, I guess, now two podcasts ago from now, recorded with JJ Rivera of the 305 Culture Miami Heat Hoopheads podcast. So, uh, give those two collaborations a listen, and I'm sure you'll you'll learn a bit more from uh, my guests uh, as well. Um, Without further ado, I'm going to get into this whole uh, James Harden trade that finally came through. Um, I don't know how much of it I have mentioned in the past. Uh, I know I've talked a lot about trades, you know, as far as, um, you know, I've talked more about trades that were actually more feasible for (laughs) the Bucks to get involved in. And especially after the Drew Holiday trade, there was really no realistic way for the Bucks to get involved in this at all um yeah I believe I did mention this when these rumors first came out just basically that getting James Harden would be exceptionally difficult for the Bucks to do given what we gave up for Drew Holiday but also it may be in our best interest not to go after James Harden um because at that time Giannis hadn't quite signed the Supermax yet and uh Keeping Giannis for the long haul was obviously more important. Luckily, we were able to accomplish that. But now James Harden is with the Brooklyn Nets, and he. This was actually a four-team trade. I don't have all of the details right up in front of me. I don't have really any notes about this, but, uh, you know, in jotting down my game notes from this, I thought I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, mention the James Harden trade which he went to the nets and then uh Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince went to the Cavs Karis Lavert went to the Indiana Pacers Mm -hmm. and Victor Oladipo went to um the Houston Rockets somehow with a total of eight first round picks um When you include the pick swaps, obviously in alternating years due to the Stepien rule in which teams cannot trade consecutive first round picks uh, for their own well-being. You can possibly Google that if you're wondering what I'm referring to. But uh, yeah, at at the end of the day, this trade is not uh, good news for Bucks fans at all. Um, This trade is... Very different from just about any other trade that has happened, as far as um, realistic outcomes from this trade, or maybe the variants of realistic outcomes. Um, the Kevin Durant joining the Warriors is probably the closest thing to this that we've that we've seen, or you know maybe the the Heatles as well, but. Obviously, the the Nets still have their question marks with Kyrie Irving Irving still being out due to personal reasons. Uh, I have heard some rumors about why that may be, um, but, you know, I also haven't really heard – I've only heard it from one reputable source and really from nowhere else besides that one source. I don't think it's worth getting into. Um, But yeah, it is – Worth mentioning that the Nets, as they're constructed, you know, if they bring back Kyrie Irving eventually, I've heard that his plans are to return sooner rather than later. Um, that uh that trio has the potential to be maybe the best offense of all time. You know, I've mentioned a lot, I feel like I've almost been a James Harden apologist, and because he and in many cases rightfully so, has gotten a lot of pushback from fans. But he is one of the best offensive players of all time. And lo and behold, now he's with his friend, who is also one of the best offensive players at all time. So when you combine that uh, next to Kyrie Irving, who is one of the best offensive players in the league and has been for uh, the past decade, it can be extremely dangerous. And anyone who thinks that they're not a title contender right now is just in denial or a blatant fool. Um,. Honestly, you probably would I probably would have thought the same if you had said that. Um if you didn't think they were a title contender before, but now uh I think it'd also be foolish to think that, you know, giving up giving up the death and of course and of course defensive depth. Um you know, if if you think that that giving up that for James Harden somehow uh, lowers their chances at a title. I think that is also foolish. But yeah, I didn't really have many notes compared about, uh, prepared uh, for this. I just uh, happened to listen to the Zach Lowe podcast with Chris Herring of 538 on the James Harden trade. So this is kind of uh, fresh on my mind as I'm recording this. But um, I still will stay on the record in saying that that I'll say, uh, our Milwaukee Bucks are my um, championship favorite, but of course we know that 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 is uh, that has a ton of bias behind it as well. So uh, I think obviously I think this James Harden trade kind of narrows that gap at the very least, and I could see why some would say that now the Nets uh, would definitely be the the favorites coming out of the East. So. Not something that Bucks fans should be happy about at all, but um, also it still remains to be seen uh, what these three guys will will be like all together, especially when Kyrie Irving comes back, how the toll of a season will weigh on them, and then not just this season. Hopefully, they plan to be together for many seasons from now, but... Um, you know we've seen we've seen plenty plenty of super teams throughout the years and and it still proves to be exceptionally hard to to even win one win one championship let alone multiple that you're going for when you have a roster like this set up and when you mortgage the future the way that that the nets did um, similar to the pushback that the bucks got in the Drew Holiday trade but i still think i still think that the nets made the right move here i don't think you can go wrong in most cases, going for James Harden. I think this was a case where where it was uh, it behooved them to go for James Harden. But now I'm going to move on to more specific Bucks talk and reviewing the four games it was since we uh, last spoke with Bryce Simon. Uh, the first game that I have yet to cover on the podcast was against the Cleveland Cavaliers at Five Serve Forum, uh, eight days ago, as I'm recording, uh, last Saturday, the 9th, um, this game, Giannis was out with back spasms after that really uh, scary fall that he took against the Jazz the day before, even though he was able to return to that game, um, but um, as, I, as I'm going to go over, he he will he will return for the second of these four games that I'm going to cover, so not a huge deal, but yeah. Um, I thought it was incredibly interesting that entering this game, the Bucs had the number one offensive rating, not a huge shocker for people who've been following the Bucs. Obviously, they have that outlier game against the Miami Heat, but even more shocking to many, especially if you, like me, haven't been watching a ton of the Cavs despite their early success, is that they were number one in defensive rating, which is totally crazy considering that they were one of the worst defensive teams uh, in NBA history from what I've heard In the past uh, couple seasons um, And of course from that James Harden trade That defensive rating will um, Definitely be helped uh, By the acquisitions of uh, Jared Allen and Torian Prince But for this game specifically The Cavs had an enormous Injury report which uh, Did bode well obviously For Milwaukee Bucks fans um, Even though we were losing Jan- We were losing Giannis for this contest contest they were um missing uh Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Kevin Porter Jr., Dylan Windler, Kevin Love, um, Dante Exum, and uh Matthew Della vadova So <laughs> yeah, the the Cavs really did not have look to have that great of chances going into this contest, but they kept it, you know, relatively close throughout this whole game. So Shout out the Cavs for that I guess And it is also noteworthy that uh, This insane injury Report largely was actually due To real uh, Normal injuries and not Just a health and safety protocols If many of you were wondering out there Now in the starting Lineup in uh, Giannis' Stead uh, Bobby Portis Replaced uh, him In Giannis in the starting Lineup and Bobby filled Giannis' role quite well, obviously, doing very different things. But um, not so different from Giannis was Bobby Portis actually scoring 10 straight points at one point, and even starting off the game with uh, nine of the Bucks' first 11 points. Um, and then, let's see, DJ Augustine. Also, he was he was our third bench player to come in at about three minutes and three minutes remaining in the first quarter but he immediately knocked down a floater and then uh, also uh, once we get into the the second quarter here um, once uh, DJ was able to tally seven minutes in in the early goings of this game he already had seven points uh, rebound and two assists on three to six shooting so that's what we love to see from our bench uh, however it wasn't all all pretty for the Bucks. Uh, going into the second quarter, is the Cavs actually had a 19 to 2 run, um, and even eventually tied it up against the Bucks, but then uh, Chris and Drew were able to step up, and um, and the Bucks went on a 10 0 run to close the second quarter and the half, as the Bucks were up 47 to 37 at half, uh, obviously, and eight of those 10 points in that 10 0 run came from. Uh, Chris and Drew but then we would see another short run from the Cavaliers coming um, in the third quarter after the Bucks had an encouraging start um, and uh, a part of this was actually a uh, Thon Maker swatting the snot out of DJ Augustine's shot and sending it into the stands but there's obviously a clear height differential there um, but good to see that that our boy Thon is still a uh, is still kicking in the league uh, somewhere, but, you know, eventually the Bucks were able to um, kind of switch gears again um, by uh, carving out a 15 point lead going to the fourth quarter of this game. <laughs> um, but, you know, to follow the theme of this game, uh, the Cavs would have a 9-0 run of themselves early in the fourth quarter. As they had a lineup later on in the fourth of Damian Dotson, then Larry Nance. I guess you could you could say would be nominally the two in this lineup, um, or Thon Maker. If you're thinking back to his vintage high school hoop mixtape games, in which he was point Thon it at, at times in Canada, but uh, regardless. Nance and Thon were essentially the wings in this rotation, as they were also joined by Andre Drummond and Javale McGee all on the court at the same time. But um, despite that nonsense, it's a little hard to blame the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, considering all the injuries that I had mentioned before. But regardless of all these, of all these little and m- some cases not so little runs from the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Bucks were able to. Uh, steady the ship enough to take home a 100 to uh, 90 victory, and you, if you look at that scoreboard, that maybe is evidence that that uh, that I may not just be lying about that Cavs' uh, number one defensive rating entering this game, because that's quite a low scoring game, especially in today's NBA. And in uh, 35 minutes, Chris put up uh, 27, six, and five. 10 of 16 from the field, three of six from three point line and four of four from the free throw line. And then on the, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers side, Andre Drummond put up 26 points and 24 rebounds. Um, that was all though on 23 shots in 41 minutes. And, uh, you know, although, although, uh, Andre was scaring, uh, Bucks fans at first, cause we wouldn't, we wouldn't have wanted to have, a uh, have a 30-rebound game or something on our resume from and- Andre Drummond. Um, I don't know. I guess he didn't make that 30-point mark, but still 24 rebounds is pretty ridiculous and not entirely shocking from Andre Drummond, but you still don't like seeing that um, seeing that output against your team. I'm sure it would have been different, though, if Giannis would have played. But on that note, um, I'll carry on with our second game. Uh, since we've recorded second of the four games in which Giannis was able to return to the starting lineup against the Orlando Magic in Orlando, and the Magic had a starting lineup obviously a little different than we were accustomed to in the playoffs. Since now DJ Augustine is on our bench, and uh, so now the Mavericks have Cole Anthony, um, Dwayne Bacon. Uh, James Ennis, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Vucevic uh, in their starting lineup, if not just for this game. And I admittedly um, was really thrown off with this away game and and it being on the East Coast. So I, I, I missed the entire for, first quarter of this game. And then even um, the beginnings of the week for me are often uh, a little unpredictable and hectic with my day job. So, I really couldn't pay pay a ton of attention early on, um, as I wasn't. As I admittedly had other stuff going on and wasn't super focused. But uh, of note was that at halftime, Nikola Vucevic had already had 19 points, uh, four assists, and nine rebounds on eight of 17 from the field and three of six uh, from the three point line. And let me reiterate, that was only at half. So, a little scary for bucks fans here as we were kind of starting to see a lot of the same, you know, a lot of the same noise that we saw um, in the first round of the playoffs when we thought we were just going to gonna have our way with the Magic as we did the year before against the Pistons. But that would not be the case. This is still, you know, a, a fairly competitive team in the NBA and not, I mean, to the point that any <laughs> NBA team, I guess you have to You have to show up against, but um, still, they definitely have some talented players on on this roster and they will, um, they always look to want to bring their best game against the Milwaukee Bucks, of course, but um, the Bucks did have 29 bench points uh, around uh, halftime as well, which is uh, obviously what you love to see, not uh, forcing our starters to really carry as big of a load as they typically do and uh just a couple highlights from this game that i that i had noticed that worth mentioning were um first was uh drew holiday's uh aaron rodgers esque pa- pass to Giannis, which was just you know normally if especially if this pass wasn't wasn't converted i would have led that it was Led with it being ill-advised as the pass was thrown through like three magic defenders, but still Giannis was able to to corral uh, Drew's circus shot, um, you know, amongst the trees and and yeah, pretty pretty crazy stuff, I suppose. But then um, I guess otherwise of note was that Giannis uh, w- did have quite a bit of foul trouble in this game, including. Kind of a kind of a BS charge call uh, on Giannis against Ken Burch in which he was clearly uh moving his feet. But you know, as I've mentioned before, the the bench was really holding down the fort pretty well. Um and Giannis and some of the others stead. And they even had the Bucks had a 29-6 run for themselves from the from uh, nine minutes into the fourth to three minutes into the fourth in that six minute run, which really put this game away. And a lot of that time was with Giannis on the benches as, as well. So I guess that's the story of this game was was our bench really showing up here and, uh, you know, being able to to slow down some of some of the Magic's front court really uh, getting going I mentioned uh, Nikola Vucevic's halftime totals, but Aaron Gordon too. We got to see a little a little point Aaron Gordon with uh, eight assists for himself, twice that of Giannis, uh, while also putting up uh, 21 points and uh, five rebounds, shooting eight of 14 from the field in two blocks, and 35 minutes for Aaron Gordon. But then in just 27 minutes for Giannis in this game, he put up a respectable 22 points. Um... four four assists, uh, six rebounds uh, on uh, eight of 16 from the field and two blocks for himself and then shooting two of four from the three-point line. And uh, also, of course, shout out to uh, Big Bob, Bobby Portis, in just 24 minutes of action, uh, putting up 20 points and five rebounds, nine of 13 from the field, two of three from the three-point line. And that was uh, part of our uh, part of the bench output that really uh was able to to seal this victory for the Bucks. Uh luckily because we wouldn't have uh wanted to see a repeat of game one of the 2020 playoffs when uh when we were upset by the magic and in, in embarrassing fashion. So uh good on the Bucks and specifically the bench for being able to contribute for us, especially as Giannis was just uh making his way after making his way into this game after having uh, basically the whole weekend off. Um, On that note, I think I will share a message from uh, one of our sponsors, and that is Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up with Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to... Uh, countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. So if some of you aren't quite as consumed with the NBA as I am, this could still be uh, something that uh, might be of interest to you. And even for myself, when I'm looking at other uh, sports that I want to bet on, I think as an admittedly casual uh, NFL fan, I think I I could be able to You know, put a pretty safe bet on on about five to ten players in the league and whatever their stat lines may be. But yeah, that's the name of the game is you choose five out of ten player prop options that Thrive Thrive Fantasy uh, provides for you to build a lineup. And each prop uh, has a fantasy point total associated with an over-under based on its likelihood to occur. Obviously, the more points, selection is worth the riskier, um, but more fun it may be. And um, yeah, the name of the game is to rack up the most points uh, to win a share of the immense uh, player prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2,200,000 in prizes since launching launching in 2018 and has 50,000 guaranteed prizes or had $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL's Week 15 and thousands more uh, for the start of the NBA season. In order to take advantage of this, you may use promo code Giannis. That's G-I-A-N-N-I-S when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. So download the Thrive Fantasy uh app in the uh app store or play store by visiting their um well pardon me you can either download their their app at the app store or play store or you can also take advantage of this by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com sign up and prop up today now getting into the third of the four uh victories since we last recorded the uh, Detroit Pistons, yes, we're playing the Detroit Pistons for already a third time this season. Um, the Bucks were able to take home the victory of uh, 110 to 101 uh, Bucks, which was the uh, 10th consecutive regular season victory and the 4th consecutive uh, victory against the Pistons when you also take into consideration the postseason And our first sweep of the year, too. So shout out to the Bucks for doing that and still taking care of business. Um, We had the usual suspects starting for us again. And then the Pistons had the same starters that they had in our second game of the uh, previous uh, back-to-back. So that would have been memory serves me right for my notes. Um, DeLon Wright, Wayne Ellington, uh, Jeremy Grant, Blake Griffin, and Mason Plumley. So no, there was also uh, no Derrick Rose in this game tonight either, which proved to help out the Bucks. But um, now uh, as for the Milwaukee Bucks, uh Brooke Lopez started out three of three in the first quarter. And um, other than that, though, I thought in the first, it was pretty apparent that we were maybe passing a little too much. You know, it, it seemed like every single possession we'd be able to get you know, at least like two, two or three good looks, but then also want to want to keep the ball moving and try to find some someone else. But um, you know, with the length of the of the Pistons, they were able to able able to con- able to contest our players close enough to make them uncomfortable and for- force them to pass, even if they probably initially had had a relatively open three point look. So I think I think if the Bucks would have would have pulled the trigger a little a little quicker and been less gun shy early on we could have had could have had a bigger lead to begin with but it was a i i was pretty comfortable with the books throughout this whole game i never got super nervous and even though the end the end tally was only uh a nine point margin it the game was really a lot uh there's a lot bigger of a discrepancy in in production throughout the game than than the score the final score may tell but yeah, that overpassing didn't didn't really serve the Bucks much help. Um but we did get more contributions from our bench including Bryn Forbes uh putting up being a little less gun shy um, than some of our other players and and hitting three or excuse me two contested threes in the second quarter. Um so that was that was nice to have have a gunner out there as Probably a smart move on Bud to bring him in, but there was still a, a kind of a lull in energy from the Bucks that I had noted. Uh, especially as they went to close close the half, um, they ended up only up by eleven at halftime. Um, while while they had a twenty point lead uh, earlier on, thanks to thanks to some of those threes from uh, Brooke and Bryn. In the third quarter, there were a ton of foul calls both both ways, but uh, the bucks especially were, were quite frustrated. And, um, but you know, in contrast to that, uh, lull and energy that we saw from the bucks, especially in the second, uh, quarter, uh, Pat Connaughton was able to, to do what he does and, you know, make, you know, mess a bunch of stuff up for, for, for the opposition and create extra possessions for the bucks with, uh, some offensive rebounds. And, um, and then uh, the broadcast also shared uh, earlier in the game a stat that supports uh, some of this action from Pat Connaughton in, in that the Bucks were um, second in contested shots and box, box outs and first uh, in loose balls recovered among uh, the entire league. So that's thanks to a lot of our energy guys coming off the bench, but also um, I shouldn't I should have praised the bench too much here and uh, also noting that that a lot of our starters are guys who who will willingly hit the deck too, and and make sure to get get all the opportunities that they possibly can. You know, I'm especially considering, uh, I mean, Drew, Dante and Giannis. But I, I think I think Chris and Brooke shouldn't be excluded either and guys who obviously uh, care a lot and, uh, you know, obviously high character guys and they just want to do. Uh, obviously, they want to succeed in the regular season, but they still have a chip on their shoulder as well from the playoffs that they're hoping to prove prove people wrong about. So uh, maybe that's why we're seeing a sense of urgency out of our bucks early on.
1: Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code hoopheads to get 20% off the future of performance. That's a r y s e dot com with promo code hoopheads to get twenty percent off.
0: Now they have found themselves uh, at I believe nine and four. Now I'm pretty confident in saying that, um, and yeah, that that brings them kind of right in the in the top half of the Eastern Conference standings. Finally, again. So, if some of you were kind of panicking. Uh, to begin with which I would never for the most part I feel like a lot of my job here is kind of tempering down some of the excitement from from fans who maybe don't look at don't look at the game or largely the the Bucks news from some of the different angles that I would look at but yeah in the end uh, as I'll say if I haven't uh too much already that the bucks were able to take care of business obviously against the pistons and that's what we would expect against um, most of the opposition that we faced uh this week but something that was definitely less of a foregone conclusion if that can be possible in the nba was our uh, uh contest at 5 surf Forum against the Dallas Mavericks uh, kind of a redemption game uh if you want to call it that and it looked to have the, the makings of it uh, before the ball was even tipped as, um, you know, I don't know how this has anything to do with the players really at all, but uh, it's easy for fans to get hyped up about it. I think, you know, uh, I believe it was a it was an ESPN Friday night game against a team that beat us twice in the in the preseason and then even in the, the end of the regular season in the bubble. Uh, we had that uh, kind of embarrassing overtime loss against the Mavs as well with Luka having having a highlight performance. So, Pretty cool that the Bucks were able to take home the 112-109. Uh, very close victory that went right down to the wire. But similar to that first Cavs game, uh, the Mavs had uh, five players out, three of which were starters. Um, and all of those uh, guys, from my understanding, at least the three starters were out due to health and safety protocols. And those five players out from the jump were uh, Josh Richardson, Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney Smith, Maxi Kleber, and um, Dwight Powell. So, you know, as the Bucks, being as they like to consider themselves tit- uh, title contenders, you- you'd want them to be able to, I'll say it again, take care of business against a team that is, you know, could be could be considered in around the same tier as you talent wise. Um, luckily, perhaps Giannis didn't see it that way as he chose to uh, chose to sign on with us for uh, many many years instead of uh, possibly considering the Dallas Mavericks like like many of us, including myself, thought he may. Um, but yeah, this is a game that even though uh it's not you're not playing against teams at the bottom of the standings like we did uh earlier this week you still want the bucks to take care of business here um luckily eventually they did but this was also only Kristaps Kristaps Por- Porzingis's second game since the bubble so that was kind of another kind of area that that um Really bode well for the Bucks' chances in this one, but yeah, you know, it was still a it was still a close game. And um, of note, as far as the starters went, it was the um, same guys as usual for the Bucks, but then the Mavericks obviously had Luca and Porzingis, but then alongside them they had uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. who had a really good game uh, against the Bucks here. Um, and then also he was joined by Wes Owundu, whom Bucks fans uh, probably, if they didn't know of him um, before last season, probably probably realized who he was against the Magic, as he uh, as he had some highlight plays against us in the first round, and really looked like someone who could be a, a real prospect for them. But now he's on the Mavericks and starting this game with their depleted roster, and then Cully Stein also. Start at the five spot next to Porzingis, but um, let's see. Yeah, pretty similar rotations from what we would normally expect from the Bucks. I feel like all week we would see um, Portis if he's not starting being, being the first to come off the bench, but um, Augustine actually came in before Thanasis, which actually um, we often saw Thanasis coming in before... Um, DJ earlier this week but still all three of those guys came in in later in the first quarter within two minutes of each other to join um, the rest of the starters that still remained out there as we're still I think um, doing the right thing in my mind and you know spreading out our talent because I mean I think I think we have right now five guys, or four four of our four out of our five starters are, are guys that would basically start on any team. So I think I think being able to spread them out with some of our slightly lesser talent is, uh, uh, you know, is a uh, is a wise choice to make for Bud, and also will maybe help us to do a little more experimenting with different lineups because we we all know what our starters will be able to do when they're out there by themselves. One, one of the best starting units in the league, obviously. But uh, if I bring us bring us all the way to halftime in this game, as uh, the end of this game is is really what's most no, most noteworthy. Um, Chris and Giannis each had 15 and 16 points, respectively, at half as the Bucks were holding on to an eight point lead. So a little close for comfort, but it's 55, 47 at half as the Bucks led Giannis actually um, was left in the game in the second quarter as I go a little bit out of order here uh, with three fouls and Bud trusted him to stay in and it worked out well then but then he also got his fourth foul earlier in the third quarter on a on a really bad reach which isn't uh foreign um, for us Bucks fans to see Giannis obviously with his silly fouls, but this one less out of frustration, um, which we do often see. Um, and then, and then, uh, right there, once Giannis had to leave early in the third quarter, uh, Portis came in and joined the starters, which, um, you know, Bucks fans can feel pretty good about at this point, but as you get further on in this game, uh, I talked a lot in the, in that last Pistons contest about our guys kind of looking a little lethargic out there and, um, you know, not having the same energy that we would like to expect from our players. But uh, that was not the case in this game as the the Bucks showed up for this one. And even uh, you'll you'll see it mostly in this uh, Bucks possession in the uh, third quarter, I believe, definitely in the second half where we got um, three to four uh, offensive rebounds, a lot of which from uh, a Bobby Portis, of course, but. Uh, I believe a Pat Condon or some other wing jumped in there with, with an offense with at least one off offensive rebound for himself. Um, and, you know, that's really impressive considering that Bobby is like, not, not huge at all, especially if you put him at that center spot. Um, he's only about like six, nine. And then for him to be able to come up with, I mean, maybe at least two or three offensive rebounds on just this one play when I know the Mavericks had at least Cully Stein in. I believe it was Cully Stein and James Johnson as the four and the five. Uh that's pretty uh pretty encouraging for Bucks fans, but um that wasn't you know, that wasn't the end all be all for this game and what secured our victory at all. As uh Tim Hardaway Jr. had thirteen points in just the third quarter. And we even saw a lot of really great contributions from James Johnson, even on the offensive end, which He's probably best known as a tough switchable defender at the moment. But he also does pretty well with, um, you know, driving and and distributing with the ball in his hands. And he had that on full display uh, against us in this game. And uh, then if we fast forward all the way to uh, three minutes left in the game, the Mavericks Mavericks actually were fighting back and stole their first lead. Since it was uh nine to ten in the first quarter. Um so you you can imagine I was pretty animated, uh just uh chilling by myself in my apartment. Um you know, just yelling a bunch of stuff, probably disturbing my neighbors, but so be it. Um and then Giannis, even though he did have some threes in uh in this contest, um at least at least one kind of uh, in rhythm off the dribble three. He uh, he attempted another similar off the dribble three after the Mavericks uh, took the lead. Uh, but he misses it and then has, of course, a frustration foul against Cully Stein in transition. Luckily for the Bucks, Cully Stein only made one of two free throws. And then um, I didn't even realize it at the, at the time until it happened, but um, uh, Dante finally came in for Pat Connaughton whom I didn't even realize was out there. Of course, but that's um, not a huge indictment on Pat considering uh the praise that I gave our our starting lineup earlier. Still, I would definitely want Dante in there and um and yeah, I don't I don't I don't need to I don't need to drag Pat anymore. I feel like at this point Bucks fans have, have done a little bit too much of it, but um Really, it's just projecting our frustration on Bud if we're all being completely honest and how he gets infatuated with certain players who maybe don't fully deserve it. But regardless, what really uh, secured this game for the Bucks was Chris Middleton hitting back-to-back uh, three-pointers. I've joked, especially with guests on this podcast, that um, you know Chris sometimes looks like Looks like less than the Chris Middleton that we want to come come to expect from him, um, you know, because there are definitely still doubters that Chris is a true second option or that uh, he maybe some would question some of his um, some of his all star appearances, maybe just that having to do more to more to the Bucks record. I mean, I can't say that's something I, I hear all that much. I don't know how much people care about all star games, but. I can imagine it's an attitude that people will have. And then um, Chris obviously didn't end up with an on an all NBA team last year. I would have expected that he would have. I'm clearly biased, but I know that that others were clearly skeptical as he didn't end up bringing home the victory. But this was in total contrast of any of those hesitations that people have for Chris Middleton as he put this game away, showing that he is a real showing that he can be a real second banana on a championship team. And um, it was, it was nice to hear um, Jeff Vangouti as, as I was listening to the ESPN broadcast, really. Um, yeah. Really just go to bat for Chris Middleton and saying, um, yeah, saying ex- exactly what I just stated that he is, that he is a true uh, second option for us. And yeah, I'm certainly grateful that we have him and yeah, um, <laughs> Also mentioning James Harden before, obviously, I think all of my listeners, um, wouldn't be surprised to hear me tell them that they shouldn't take uh, Chris Milton for for granted, despite uh, him maybe not being the first person you think of when it comes to all stars and all NBA players. But yeah, those uh, Chris Milton threes really secured the victory for the Bucks. Uh, but just it was still close. After that, we had. Um, you know, after all, it did only end up being a three-point victory for the Bucks. But uh, after those threes, Drew Holiday missed a drive against Cully uh, Stein. Obviously, always tough finishing amongst the trees, even uh, sometimes for Drew Holiday. But then the Mavs luckily um, missed a couple uh, crucial threes right at the end of the game to to secure this three-point victory for the Bucks. One was a pretty good look from uh, Trey Burke as uh, Doncic had the ball forced out of his hands. Um, but then Cully Stein, who had stopped Drew Holiday before, got an offensive rebound, which eventually ended up in the hands of Chris Porzingis from the from behind the arc. But he obviously missed that as well, luckily for Bucks fans. but uh, Also, shout out Drew Holiday um, in particular here. Um, you know, I'll I'll definitely um I would definitely give the game ball to Chris Middleton specifically for those threes, but um honorable mention would be Drew Holiday for sure for the defense that he played against Luka Doncic to close this game. Taken off like shoot, I remember there was like seven or eight seconds left in this contest, and just on an inbounds play, Drew Holiday – um was forcing Doncic to to use all of his tricks in his bag just to get just to get to the free throw line, in which he did finish a layup. But um, through uh, through Drew Holiday's tenacious defense, he made uh, Doncic take off like five seconds from the clock. So that in itself maybe um, maybe took away possession that that the Mavericks could have had. So that's why I would give uh, Drew Holiday um, a little bit consideration for that game ball, but. I mean, those back-to-back threes were just killer for the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, just uh, an example, uh, example one 1,000 of why, uh, why I and you guys should be um, very happy that we have Chris Middleton uh, next to Giannis Antetokounmpo. And with all that, I think that pretty much brings us to the end here. We've covered all four games since we last spoke and also – um, I shared my thoughts on the James Harden trade and and uh, specifically how that affects the Bucks. But I mean, I still think I'll, I'll I'll obviously always go on record in saying that I think that the Bucks will be my favorite to to take it all home. But um, I think Bucks fans are also pretty justified to be a little concerned about that trade. Hopefully. My detail before was, I got my point across with it all, but it's still early in the season. Playoffs are a long time away, so maybe we should be mostly concerned about our own squad at this point and just, you know, keep tabs as we do on all other teams uh, on the Nets. Um, Lastly, I'd just like to share one housekeeping note in that I will be... I will soon be placing one last order in for those look if you book long sleeve tees. So um, if you haven't gotten one yet, I would definitely um, make sure you get an order into me um, within the next week at the very least. Otherwise, uh, I may already have put in the last order and I don't I don't know if. If, I don't know when or if I will be putting in another one after that, but that will also depend on your guys' engagement. So look out for an announcement specifically on social media um, that I will be putting in another order for some shirts, but you've also uh, heard it here first. So yeah, hit me up at uh, a few buck, uh, MBA. The U is just the letter U. That's my username on both Instagram and Twitter if you're interested in those shirts. And uh, you can also email me at nookifyoubuckthepod at gmail.com. You there is Y-O-U. Um, other than that, you know where to find me on Apple Podcasts or uh, Spotify if you want to listen to uh, other episodes before this one as well. And hopefully you're uh, subscribed uh, so you'll know when to get those notifications anyhow. Uh, but also make sure you you, you download. Uh, it really helps your boy out. And um, I don't have really any other big news at this moment uh, other than uh, that. I would just like to let you all know that I do have uh, some other ideas uh, still cooking in the oven for me. So stay tuned. More exciting stuff to come. And I'll... See you in another life, brother.
1: If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod, but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, And promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals. Visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Knuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.